Welcome to the Mojo Mecca. We are a media, wellness and artistry hub that from its inception into this present moment has always been a shared space for candid storytelling, deep wisdom and inspiration for living a life rich in ritual, creativity, heart-centeredness, purposeful pursuits and a whole lot of mojo. Beyond this podcast portal, we have created a radical new social app and supportive online community. If you're down to drop into an online space full to the brim with authenticity, artistic evolution, powerful resources and kindred hearts from all around the world, it's social media made magic again. We also meet each Sunday via Zoom to dance, meditate, make art and commune with one another. We're so grateful for the continued support of Mojo Mecca and all that we offer. And so take a nice deep breath. Come right into this present moment and receive all that you need to from this conversation. Welcome back to another episode. This is the second conversation I've shared on the podcast with Megan. You may remember she was one of the first people that I dropped in with when I first initiated this podcast and it's awesome to to just see and feel and connect on the ways that we've grown and evolved since that point and you'll hear her share some beautiful news and uh, a beautiful synchronicity that's that's come in in us dropping in and at this particular moment too. So yeah, she is Megan, Megan Rock, a gorgeous being, one that I've always felt so kindred and aligned with. She's a mother, a midwife in training now, and one part of Moon and Rock with her husband Evan. So Moon and Rock is a non-toxic, cruelty-free and highly effective skincare range that serves to remind you of your true beauty beyond what is reflected in the mirror. In this episode, we speak on becoming a mother and her now studying to be a midwife and to help other women and birthing people move through this sacred transition. And we continue to talk about uh, these initiations and ceremonial rituals and passageways that we go through as humans and just how to really honor those transitions whether it be birth or motherhood death marriage business ownership and even just the changes we go through as individuals we speak about digital discernment and rewriting addictive tendencies both to these spaces in general and the ways that they create a lot of self-absorption, <laughs> to be perfectly honest, um, and just the way her journey with that and just stripping back those kind of tendencies. Uh, we speak about her skin journey and how she formulated the powerful concoctions that she shares through Moon and Rock. She shares about the multifaceted way that we take in energy and nourishment and how perhaps the media we consume affects us far more than we think. And I've had first-hand experience of this. And she shares such beautiful wisdom on 
how in these wild times worldwide, really the opportunity is for us to deepen in compassion, kindness and acceptance, both for ourselves and for the world. Enjoy, sink in, receive, and I'll see you on the other side. You were like one of the first people that I interviewed for Mm -hmm. when I first started it. I think you were like the second episode in 2018. And I feel like it's so interesting. Oh my gosh, I just remember because in that podcast, you told me that you were pregnant too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. I didn't even think about that until now. And then like no one else you hadn't like announced that you know you hadn't like shared that information to but you had just found out so wow that's and then that that's three years three years ago well, yep yeah something like that yeah that was three years ago and what's funny is that um this baby and Bridget have the same due date so they yeah were basically conceived on the same day like three years apart <laughs> Well, I'm also really curious. Uh, I, I feel like this podcast is going to jump around a lot, but whatever. We'll just let it Let's be. Do it. It. But I'd mm-hmm. love to even hear how her name came through and like what inspired the name Bridget, because I know that you've also been on a journey of discovering and, you know, reclaiming and exploring aspects of, you know, maybe your Celtic heritage or like your ancestry and that sort of journey. I'm really curious how, yeah, like how that name came through and how it was right for her and yeah and and what that goddess represents for you too that's actually such an amazing question because it's a really sweet story that we didn't know what gender she was until she was born we didn't want to find out and um we really struggled with both genders to find names that we really loved and resonated with And it was kind of stressing me out. (laughs) And actually we had one or two boy names that were really, really strong. And still like, I think if we ever have a boy, we might use that name because um, that was really clear. But then when she was a girl for like three days, we were just like, I don't know what her name is. And we went through a whole gamut of some like really far out kind of things that my family would be like, what does that mean? Why are you naming your child such a hippie name to like really practical stuff? And none of it was really resonating. And then my mom was visiting um, and she was in our house and she, she was out in our living room with Evan holding Bridget. And I think I was in our room taking a nap. And then um, Evan came in and I had woken up and we were talking and he was like, I need to tell you that your mom and I really like the name that we came up with. And I was like, what is it? And he was like, Bridget. And I was like, oh, that's a really pretty name. And when he first said it, he was like, or what I thought was that the only thing I knew about that name, I don't know anyone with that name, but the only thing I knew about it was that it's the name of a really important Celtic goddess. And that really struck me where I was like, oh, let's look up what just like a basic Google search of what the general like essences or elements of this goddess are. And I'm not kidding you. Every single thing 
on like multiple Google articles that I read were what her spirit felt like to me all throughout the pregnancy. And then in those first few days of her life, it was like, oh my gosh, this is her. And the way it came through my mom was that we had a couple other B names that um, we were liking. There were like two or three of them. And my mom is really bad at uh, like saying words. She's an author. She's an amazing writer, but she doesn't always speak that well. Like she can't speak a foreign language to save her life. And she was trying to say a different name, but Bridget just like channeled through and Evan was like, oh, that's a good one. And so what finally made me decide that like, yes, I want to name her this was that I read something about how the goddess Bridget was known to wherever she walked, flowers and shamrocks would follow her path. And oh, I have chills just thinking about this all throughout my birth with her. I was seeing flowers. It was a really psychedelic experience for me. And there were just a lot of flowers and different like leaf shapes and just undulating leaves and plants and flowers and I was like that's her so <laughs> that's her name now and it feels really good that it is really ancestral because he and I are both uh very Irish so yeah I trust this time even though I'm, I haven't even thought at all about names I'm just like it'll happen at some point that name will come through yeah I think it's so beautiful that you you did just allow that time and space for the name to come through too because I feel like probably there's always like, you know, that pressure there probably to, to choose something. And I know of some people who, you know, the name comes straight away when they fall pregnant or something. But then, you know, sometimes like with Bridget, it was after she was here, which is, yeah, it's so cool that you just waited for that moment. And so what is the, uh, like the qualities or the energy of Bridget then? Um, she is a fire goddess. She's a sun goddess, which makes so much sense for this little human. She's like, I was telling you before, she's so fiery. Um, and she is the goddess of midwifery and metal smithing and like the arts and creativity and poetry and all things that have been dear to my life and my heart for my whole life like with the metal smithing I was very into jewelry for a long time and making jewelry and I still am I don't do it as a business anymore but I've always been just in love with metals and metal smithing and um, poetry and then actually something that has happened to me since I gave birth to her is that I am studying midwifery and so it's like it just it all makes sense <laughs> she's been such a gift in my life and to like look at her through the lens of this archetype has been really beautiful mm -hmm. and you have that kind of there that you can keep exploring you know the mythology of that goddess there and you know and just keep making those threads between the two that's so cool yeah, I actually, I was, I was going to ask you whether you were going to study to be a midwife because I could see you being a really incredible one. How has that been for you? That's cool. Um, yeah, it's been really amazing. I actually just pretty much just started my formal studies. I'm 
almost done with my first trimester. And that's like nothing compared to the years that I have ahead of me of studies. But I've attended a few births with the midwife here that I'm doing my apprenticeship with. Because the way it works is that I have to do well, to be a CPM in the United States, a certified practicing home birth midwife, you have to do online schooling or in-person schooling and then a in-person apprenticeship for your clinical hands-on hours. So I've just begun, but I'm really excited about it and it completely consumes my headspace and yeah, it's super cool. What What's it like attending other people's births. I'm just so fascinated. Mm-hmm. I'm so deeply inspired to be a mother one day, but yeah, it still feels, you know, obviously foreign because you haven't had the direct experience of it. So I'm just really curious to, to know like, yeah. And also from your perspective, kind of being in it and then also like witnessing it from the external lens. Yeah, that's a good question. It's um, really humbling to witness someone else give birth when you have done it before. And I think even if you haven't done it before to watch a birthing person go through that portal and that process, you it looks like they are in excruciating pain because they kind of are <laughs> in a sense. Um, there's better ways to think about it, but it's very intense. And so to witness someone go through that is, yeah, just the best word I can think of is humbling. It's like in that space, you really just like, like ground into what is happening for that person and their process. And like with the births I've attended, like there's nothing in my mind really other than like presence and strength for this person. Um, and it's, yeah, it's really a, a ceremony of, of life. And every person that is a part of that process or in that room needs to be aware of that and needs to contribute to the energy of that in a positive way for the person who's going through it. And thankfully the births that I've been to thus far have all been super sacred and supportive and everyone in the room has always like done their job really well and allowed the the mother to go through what she needs to go through um, and have a positive experience but what has also gotten me so interested in um, midwifery is that it could be a completely opposite experience where the person who is giving birth could really have a very traumatic experience and have for them and their baby a very life-threatening. I mean, birth is life and death and it's a life-threatening experience that um, can be like directly and completely influenced by every single person and their energy that is in the room and what they're bringing to the experience. And yeah, how how we're born and where we're born really matters. And um I think it's, yeah, to, I, I've been so inspired by my own midwife in my own birth and the way that she, yeah, held space for me to just go through what I needed to go through and um, not, yeah, not like, 
influence me in any way that I didn't need to be influenced. And um, I want to provide that same experience for other families because it it's what's best for our planet right now for, for the new beings coming through on this planet to be born into a, a sacred ceremonial environment. And yeah, it's super powerful. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it feels so, so aligned for you and what I see and feel like your heart to be too, because you are like, that is your deepest calling too, is, is that service. And it's so beautiful that, yeah, through your own mm -hmm. birth, like you kind of just naturally came into that feeling of wanting to continue to serve, like, you know, the, the wider collective and <laughs> the beings that, that you'll help bring through so it's yeah oh it's so special and it feels like the most natural thing in the world for you to like go down that path really like it feels thank you <laughs> thanks it does it does feel so natural and yet at the same time because it's such a big undertaking I've gone through that whole experience of like am I doing the right thing is this the right thing to do should I really just be interested in this thing do I really like there was a point in time where it was about two years ago that I really started thinking about this. And it's taken me two years to take action on it because for a good year there, I was really scared and was like, this is really big. Like, <laughs> am I going to do this? And so that was, that was amazing. I had to go through all of that doubt and um, fear to move through the other side of it and be like, this is so natural and it's falling into place in a way that I can't say no to and I don't want to. And I tried to say no to it for like two years. And finally, I, I had I had the conversation with a friend, like, I don't know, maybe close to a year ago now, where like she simply like mentioned the word midwifery or something. And I started bawling, crying. And I was like, okay, I need to do this because this still lives within me. And if I don't do it, I'm going to be in a lot of pain. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so interesting to kind of, it's like those, you know, those visions or that like inspiration will kind of, even if you do ignore it, like it's not going to, it will come back around. <laughs> It'll come back. It won't leave you, you know, like if it's still got some things to teach you or, you know, that you are really meant to like, move down that trajectory and you were like in the midst of becoming a new mother too and you know learning that experience so you probably just needed to like have that experience too and focus there before you could kind of you know go forth and, and go into the studies because I'm sure yeah like you've already said like it, it is an intense like studying anything is quite it's a lot really to like take in so much mm -hmm. information and and especially within that field I'm sure it's like quite medical too in certain aspects even though it's yeah. more alternate you know I don't know holistic lens but it, it would be still like learning a lot of that and that would be like a lot to kind of to, and and also alongside like being pregnant and raising <laughs> Bridget you know and, and just being a like you know relation you know just nurturing those different aspects of your life too and your business so yeah it's yeah, I can see the fear there. It always comes up really when you're like stretching yourself in a new like dimension or a new field or something like that. And then you kind of have to almost like structure a bit better too because you have to like 
carve time to like nurture totally. those many yeah. aspects. Yeah. Which you're is- you're going through some studies too, right? Yeah, I um I started studying counseling. Um I did the diploma level, which is kind of like the year-long course. Um, so I can kind of, I can't call myself a counselor, I can call myself like a mentor or a, I don't know, sort a guide or something like that. But to kind of get the more like higher level accreditation, you have to do like the full degree, um, like mm-hmm. a college sort of thing. Um, we call it university here. So I've been chipping away at that online, just doing two units at a time. And I just started that last year. So I've done a year of it and I've got like, yeah, I've still got a couple of years left, but it's kind of something oh. that I, it feels like, a long-term kind of vision or career for myself or something that I could even see serving me up until like retirement, you know, like doing mm-hmm. seminars and, you know, having maybe a little clinic one day or, you know, a space to kind of a holistic space for doing those sort of sessions or services. And, and also it also feels like perhaps even like a, like the base thing. And then I can just kind of add to that with different modalities or other things that I'm interested in I don't think I would ever be like what what I'm learning to be is like the more kind of standard counselor (laughs) like I don't don't think that I could see myself being that you know like it would be it would be coupled with so many other like modalities and almost like tools in my belt you know to kind of like bring into sessions with people and um, but yeah, it, it does feel good to kind of, cause I, I never really saw myself, um, you know, like what sort of career I could see myself doing. And that feels probably like the most natural and then it can move alongside the Mojo Mecca and everything else, you know, it kind mm-hmm. of just be and enhance all of that. But yet if I wanted to get a job as a counselor or something, it could also just serve for that too if I wanted to do that at a certain point in my life and have that option to kind of do something external to like my own business and stuff so yeah but I'm not in any rush to do it and I like you said with the kind of yeah it it still is a bit overwhelming when you have like other aspects to your life to kind of nurture and so I'm not in any rush to finish it you know I'm just happy ticking along and yeah learning at my own pace which is good just being able to do it online too and just Mm -hmm. yeah chip away like that's awesome yeah I feel I feel very similarly to that it's like you can't rush the best of things you know and it's so like our (laughs) so much of our not only our generation but also like our generation in the little niche that you and I are in of like wellness and spirituality and like uh, you know consciousness and all of that it's like we we have things that we're super passionate about and yet you cannot rush us we're we're like in it for the long haul you know and like want to be super present with that process and like intentional about how this is serving others and that's really hard to be in in like the wider culture of you know just like being an entrepreneur quote unquote or like a creative or an artist is like 
we can feel so much pressure from the wider culture to like do something, or at least I definitely put pressure on myself to like, just, you know, make a bunch of money with this, do something quicker. Like you could totally just follow all the steps that this online marketing person tells you to do and like be a total cheese ball and maybe make a bunch of money. But it's like, I can't force myself to do that. I have to like do it in the time and in the way that, that I'm intended to. I know it's like you you're just like speaking directly to me right now I know (laughs) we yeah I just I feel all of that so much it's yeah I know you do (laughs) it's it's wild like even when you just and I know that you do too when you kind of even within the worlds of you know social media and the way that those platforms are kind of going like it does feel like it's just quickening so much and I just oh feel so much for other creatives like us and you know sensitive beings who just feel so pressured to like consistently be putting out so much mm-hmm. like so much content all the time you know like getting themselves schedules that don't work for them and then like burning themselves out and or maybe doing things that aren't in alignment like you said too with like the ways to kind of promote what you're doing or you know to to follow kind of a growth model that's more standardized or whatever and 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 then you know feel shit about yourself if you're not like if you or your business or whatever aren't going in that pace or whatever you know like that upward (laughs) slant and and it's just it's so weird really when you kind of step back from it all and um in the ways that yeah I guess it is just like that capitalist culture like the way that it like infiltrates you even if you are trying to kind of do your own thing and step aside like it and I think it's also obviously important to kind of dance within the both you know and and use Mm -hmm. some of those strategies or techniques or something but like you were saying, like yeah, it just it, it does have to feel right for you. And there are certain times where you do feel more inspired to kind of do more of that stuff. Um, and and then sometimes you just kind of can't. <laughs> like yeah, mm-hmm. can't really. Like yeah, it's hard to explain, but I think you probably feel it. I'd love to yeah That's even good. know like how you um, how you navigate that with with the skincare and also firstly I'm really inspired to kind of perhaps even like hear a little bit of the journey from like because you said before you were you were doing the jewelry before and then how you kind of follow that intuition I guess to to shift it more into into the skincare um, collection and and how that first kind of birth too because I know so much of your journey has been around skin and so it like it really makes so much sense that now you've created these like incredible concoctions that I'm in love with (laughs) I mean of course I would be in love with them you know like because you and I are always so like resonant but it was like like I remember the first time that I put on uh, I had alchemy first Oh, no, I think you gave me, I think I had the two. Yeah, I had the um, hyaluronic two, but mm-hmm. it just felt so perfect for my skin. And it's been such a, like an ally and a companion since I've used them. And now it's just kind of, I can't imagine not having them within my daily routine. It's like morning and night. <laughs> and now I've got like the little, um, the C serum too, which I, yeah. I love too. It's like so 
yeah it's so gooey and plumping. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> oh that makes me smile so big I'm so glad I know my I <laughs> my like entrepreneurial uh endeavors have been such a funny amalgamation of just like where I'm at at that point in life which I think is really beautiful to look back on but to be honest I have like I recognized this before but just talking about it right now I recognize that I have um like a good bit of shame around that in a strange way that like just like we are talking about like culture and like business makes me feel like I need to have this like consistency of like who I am and what I'm about and what I'm doing with my life and if that changes like I'm a crazy maker and I'm not you know I'm not super grounded or whatever it may be intelligent I don't know whatever the shameful things I feel um, that I know I've just taken from like school and business stuff that I've let infiltrate my psyche, but I'm still so young. I'm only 28 years old. So like yeah. I'm allowed to over the course of my twenties, like change the things that I create and sell online. That's totally yeah. fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, uh, when I left New York city, I was working for a wellness company there and also working in fashion uh, for a few years and all throughout college. I left New York and I moved to the big island of Hawaii where I now still live. That was five years ago. But when I moved here, I was quitting my job in New York and also they didn't really want me working remotely. I worked here for a few months remotely and it was just not working for either of us and so I stopped working for them and wanted to start my own thing and what I really cared about and wanted to do at the time was jewelry because I've always just loved jewelry and um, metals and stones and all of that and I studied fashion in college I went to SCAD in Savannah and studied fashion there so it was just like it was in my mind and in my heart and was what I knew business-wise because I deeply studied the business of it and the creativity of it and taken jewelry classes there and made my own rings and stuff like that. And so that's, that's what I knew how to do at the time. And I was um, really not wanting to be in wellness anymore because I'd just done too much of that in New York, not wanting to be in fashion in the way that I had been before because it nearly killed me. And like literally just made me so sick and I was so burned out. And so I had a jewelry line for um, a little while and that was really sweet. And I I actually had it up until uh, just this last year. It was when COVID lockdowns hit that I actually discontinued all of my jewelry pieces because uh, our crafters, so me and my husband Evan were designing the pieces, but we had we would send them a CAD file and it was these crafters in LA who would then hand make all the pieces and each piece was made to order. And for months, they could not go into their office to work. And we had so many backed up orders that people weren't gonna get their stuff for like months and months at a time. And they were expensive pieces of solid gold and diamonds and jewels. and. I just, it was very, very, very stressful for me. 
and the, the business itself was stressful for me, like compounding over time, just because of the nature of it. And because we live off grid on an island in the Pacific, like if I lived in downtown LA, it'd be no big deal, but it was just a lot to continue that business. So it was a hard decision to make because I love it so much, but I just continued selling the pieces about a year ago. And then um, I'm just selling my skincare now, which uh, makes so much sense also for this point in my life because I, um, it, how it came about is that I had really bad cystic acne for many years. And it's kind of a classic like start of a skincare story, basically of like, I didn't find anything that worked for me. And I found a serum that worked for me and it was something that I created myself. And so after a lot of um, encouragement and influence from my sweet husband, who I was like, I'm doing jewelry. I'm not selling skincare, like all that shame stuff. You know, he was like, you have to sell this. People need this. Like you, I know you want to help other people when, with their skin, like sell this. And so I started selling it. Um, but it's actually a really interesting and actually a very long kind of synchronistic story. I'll just tell a really short version of, but um, the way that this serum was made is that my, so this was maybe like four years ago and my acne was at, it's just absolute worst. I was doing all the things that you're supposed to do <laughs> to get rid of acne. And like, because of my involvement in wellness stuff and just my interest in different diets. And like, I've experimented with all the diets, you name them, like fruitarianism, macrobiotic, like <sighs> all the things I've done all the things. And, um, still after years of like supposedly eating so healthy and putting all the right things on my skin, nothing was working. Um, I was visiting my parents at their house in Alabama and it was the first time Evan had ever met my parents. So this was like four or five years ago. And my dad at the time, he had just started investing in a cancer research company. And so as a, this is, it's a very complicated story and I'm just going to try to tell it really simply, but basically as a byproduct of their cancer research, they discovered a organic molecule that when applied topically to the skin, um, it, it stimulates your body's own innate immune system to send macrophagy and white blood cells to that area to heal it very quickly. And so he had this cream that he was like, they're, they're, using this stuff, they've been using it for 20 years now, but they're just now being able to, because of research and development and FDA stuff, like allowed to test it on people. It's completely safe. And at the time I was like, I'm not using anything except for like, you know, water. <laughs> like I was so over it all. I've done all the toxic creams, all the non-toxic creams. And, um, but I was, I was really like willing to do anything at this point. And he was like, you should try it. They're putting it on people with acne. He like showed me some testimonial stuff. He was like, just give it a try. And so I used it 
and it immediately it was very 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 strong cream kind of like a neosporin and it made my skin tingle very badly like i could barely keep it on for a couple minutes i just had to put like a very little bit on because it would sting because my skin was healing that's what it felt like it felt like my skin was healing itself and so I used that for a little while, but I didn't really want like a thick Neosporin cream on my face. So I contacted the lab who was making it. And it turns out that they are also like, they're for, like not skincare formulators necessarily, but product formulators. And they let me create my own product with them. And I told them because I didn't want a neosporin cream and I didn't want a super strong dose of this molecule, which is called tetrathoxycilane. There's actually also other different words for it, um, but it's a TEOS is what it's called. And I wanted a very little bit of the molecule with some organic oils and they created that for me. And that's now what alchemy is. And so they made that for me and I started using that. And after just a few months of using it, like made my skin feel so amazing and was really helping with my scarring and um, yeah, all, all my blemishes and all of that. But ultimately, I mean, truly, and this is like the cornerstone of Moon and Rock is that my skin would not have healed if I had also not done the internal, like emotional, spiritual work of finding out why I had acne. And so it's the both of those things together that have manifested this company where it's like, yeah, I started selling this amazing serum that has like totally gotten rid of my scarring and redness. And like, I never have a zit anymore, like ever. And I thought I would never say that. Um, I thought that would never happen for me. And yet it has, but at the same time, like I desperately needed to share with people that there's this whole other dimension to caring for our body and caring for our skin that is not just what we put on it or what we put in it in the form of food and nutrients, but like there's nutrients from spirit that are absolutely vital and necessary for us to be in connection with and to be digesting and assimilating in order to like have a, a, a right view of ourselves. Like it's, we all, no matter what culture or place we grew up in we just our ego develops and hardens over time and we get these completely skewed views of ourselves and a lot of that is in what we look like and in what other people think of us and our own judgments of ourselves become reflected in what the judgments that either we believe other people have about us or the ones that they really do have about us we take those things on and then when something is like quote unquote, off with whatever's going, whether we have an autoimmune disorder flare or acne or psoriasis or like dandruff. I mean, lice, I have lice right now, which is so gross, but like, well, whatever it is, it's like, 
we, we take that on and take it too personally and think that something is like fundamentally flawed and wrong with us when we're actually just human and we actually just need to love ourselves and be kind to ourselves. And so like the practice of Maitri and of loving kindness, like the path of the Bodhisattva and of compassion for the world through the practice of self-compassion in the hardest, most embarrassing and like shameful and painful of moments, like just not repressing that anymore. And like being able to look at my partner or look at my friends and just say like, I'm so ashamed and in so much pain because of what is going on with me right now, just to like voice that and work through that with someone besides my own crazy brain that's in pain is so important and has been so healing. And so I've used, you know, meditation and just time in nature and contemplation and like better forms of media, like reading better, but like reading a, you know, a Pima children book, as opposed to reading a romance novel or watching something on Netflix, you know, really altered my consciousness over and still does, you know, continually over time. And when I get into places of like consuming too much media that doesn't feel so good to me, I notice how that shows up in my body, you know, like it's showing up in my brain in weird ways and like maybe on my face or in my gut. And I'm just like, I have to get back to like this more parasympathetic, like just like digesting and assimilating what's going on in my life state, as opposed to like trying to reach for something or someone else that's going to save me. And so, yeah, that's moon and rock. It's, and it's, yeah, I love it so, so, so much. And I just, yeah, I had to start sharing all of that with the world. And it's really beautiful to watch how it's manifest into this company now that, um, yeah, it's not just, we don't just make alchemy anymore, but like my curiosity about skincare and experimentation with it has just grown over time. And when my skin healed, I felt more comfortable experimenting with other things. And I got super into hyaluronic acid serum and wanted to make my own. So I made my own and it's the best one I've ever used. And I love it so much. And I wanted a vitamin C serum. And so I started experimenting with some of those and made my own and used it for a while. And it's like, it's helped my scarring and all these like broken capillaries I have and just like general stress from living in the tropics and like having sunburns and, you know, different like little moles and things like that has really evened a lot of that out. And yeah, it's just really fun to like watch that evolve over time and also watch how many other people it helps from the, from the consciousness aspect of it to both like the practicality of it. And it's super fulfilling. And I'm so, so, so grateful to hear how much you love it too. And how much you see that and see the message of it and are on board with it because I think it's so cool and like I want the whole world to know about this message you know but I also can't rush it like I've gotten into 
modes of being like, okay, I'm going to do all these like Instagram ads, Facebook ads. And I still do that from time to time. It's been like six months since I've run an ad, but I like want to do all these things to like share the message and like share the stuff. But, um, I really, I honestly really struggle to find ways to do that properly that like feel really good for me. And I also really struggle to ask for help with it too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I've really struggled to ask for help. It's a hard thing to do. And so, um, I just am letting it grow organically over time and it has so far. So that's, yeah, it's really beautiful. Yeah. I, I completely feel you there. Yeah. Especially, I mean, thank you so much for sharing that whole story too. I was so enthralled with the way that it's all come together and it does feel just so vital to have a company that has both of those um yeah like you said the spirit and the practical just so so solid you know in in your vision for both of those things because the product speaks for itself you know like in in the experience of of yeah putting it on and and how it does transform your skin and I completely agree I think it like changed the like the composition of my skin or something. I don't know. It does. Yeah. My skin was so, I remember you reached out to send me some and at that point, like, yeah, I had a time in the middle of last year and it was interesting what you were saying about the, the stress and the media and blah, blah, blah. And I think it was so much about, you know, obviously 2020 was such an intense year and I was Mm. going into this this deep dark rabbit hole of looking at all of these conspiracies and I was just getting so wrapped Mm. up in it all because I wanted to find some sort of answer or truth or something that I could kind of cling to 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 make sense of you know the intensity of everything and in that time my skin broke out like crazy like and I I've never really had like so blessed to never have had like acne I've just mostly had like usually around my bleed I'll have like maybe a couple pop up or something but this was crazy it was like all over my cheeks um especially and it was very abnormal and it's so Mm -hmm. interesting when you were talking I was reflecting on that and thinking like wow that was why because at the time I wasn't a hundred percent like putting those dots together but it was from everything else that I was taking in it wasn't like necessarily I was thinking like oh is it because I've been trying out to have a little bit of dairy or you know is it because blah 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 and then you get caught in the physical but it really was so much of the other stuff that I was digesting and and how that wasn't like it wasn't in alignment with what it is that I need like on that energetic level and and perhaps even like my role in the midst of this intensity or you know how my energy is best spent um and yeah so I'm really really happy that that you mentioned that too and that this company serves that purpose because like you said and you and I have both had the same you know not exactly the same but I feel like we've had the same sort of experience in that you know trying all these different diets like trying to you know like attain I don't even know (laughs) at certain points I think for both of us it was like a purity or you know that that kind of like essence of you know just trying to like reach that perfect balance pure state you know and thinking that 
fruitarianism was going to get there and then the raw veganism and then just even general veganism and then just going through mm-hmm. that process of like fuck like I actually just really have to let this go right now it's really yeah just, this is holding me down <laughs> I but like that process too of just how fucking hard it was to let go of that label and you know the yes. superiority yeah. and the the all of the other stuff that goes along with like calling yourself that and then especially for you in in like promoting that too it would have been a, a whole other like level to to let go of and like I thought you and Evan were like so brave in that experience and like in that just being vulnerable in sharing your own journey you know and like of course mm-hmm. that was going to come with you know the various opinions and but you guys just kind of stayed true to like your own experience and direct feeling and shift that you guys were having and I thought that was so inspiring anyway I'm going on another tangent but I think it does link it right to kind of yeah to now what you're doing with alchemy and um and yeah the other serums obviously and and with moon and rock and just yeah it so much speaks to that and your own journey and like I guess yours yours and Evans together because he's seemingly been on that same journey too right and uh, yeah I mean he's the complete other half to this company like it wouldn't uh, it would not be what it is without him he works on it every day you know it's he's not like it's really evolved to come from a more feminine place you know like he uses every single one of these serums every single day too so it's not like these aren't for like identified women you know they're for all people and um but just as it's me as like the content creator has come out to be very feminine I am very 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 feminine and so it's just manifested that way so you don't always see him in it but he is there and it wouldn't be what it is without him and I wouldn't be where I am without him either as like it's so interesting how our partners really become just the strongest mirrors and always for us like the things we cherish most about ourselves the things we hate most about ourselves like the push that we need to do what we want to do but yet just don't let ourselves do because we're so scared you know and he's really helped like gently but surely push me into where he sees that I want to be you know and that I just let my own fear keep me from doing that but yeah isn't that so interesting how it's so real that that all the things we take in in the form of energy and that we bring into our psyche and our consciousness we digest those things and we they go somewhere within us and we don't always see them because the survival portion of our brain blocks them out but they're there you know if someone tells you something scary that happened to them or something mean you feel it in your chest and in your gut and like your body has a a completely involuntary reaction where tears start to well up in your eyes and you have to leave the room because you can't literally cannot control it or you see something disgusting and it makes you gag or throw up like these different senses that we have like we have an ethereal and an emotional sense and these things stick with us and yeah and it's like I I'm not I now don't feel the fear that I did with 
but with studying midwifery and going down that whole path, because also, like you said, with your counseling studies, like this is a, this is something I want to do like all throughout my life. You know, when I'm a grandmother, I want to be a grandmother midwife, you know, but also like in the meantime, when I'm beginning to study and dip my toes in the water and I'm just in like this next real decade of learning is that, I mean, it will always be learning, but there's still so much to learn is that it it's, it's women's health that I am mostly interested in. And that's been like, yeah, I've been like, that's what it is. It's not just consciousness. It's just not, not just fashion. It's not just skincare. Like I care about whole being health. And there's so much that I'm learning through midwifery that like I'm channeling into my skincare stuff and it will continue to be that way, you know, but it's the same in birth too. Like there are, um, like I, I have dear friends who have had like intense emotional and spiritual blockages that have shown up in their birth space and not allowed them to progress. And then as soon as they either through their midwife or their doula or their friend or their partner break through that spiritual blockage, they start dilating again. Their, their baby starts dropping. Like it's crazy, you know? Like we can hold tension in our abdomen and like become constipated and like we can hold fear and tension in our uterus and it causes all kinds of hormonal imbalances and, you know, halts progression and birth and the whole thing. And I just find it so freaking fascinating. <laughs> it's just so cool. The mystery of it all. And yet we also like are so blessed to have the modern medicine and the practical knowledge to know what's going on and like the medicines that can be life-saving and, um, helpful you know it's it's all just really wonderful and cool mm, yeah and it's not about even shunning those and you know just honoring them in certain times where they are needed but um it's interesting obviously in our modern culture how it kind of has been you know flipped and it hasn't been so long really that it has been more like you know especially at the the medical system being kind of the way that you go about things and then like the you know the holistic or the home birth or whatever you know the other path is kind of more of the alternative but it really hasn't been so long that that's been happening which is just very interesting now and and yeah even uh, I've interviewed a couple of people for the podcast uh, in the last few months and um yeah my friend Hannah and um Laura and they both just gave birth completely mm. none of them none of them even took pregnancy tests like they didn't do any oh, they just yeah and they, they just went with it birth at home on their mm -hmm. own like yeah. yeah just with their partners and Laura with yeah. her mother too but Hannah was just in the jungle in Costa Rica with her partner yeah. <laughs> and like just even hearing those stories is like is a remembrance and a knowingness that like that that is possible, you know, and that has been done forever. So yeah. it's just for, for that's what we've had to do until very, very recent history. Yeah. Which is crazy to think about, you know, but yeah. that's, 
that's what we are capable of. That's what we're designed to do is just, we didn't have these modern pregnancy tests until very, very recently. You know, I don't know when it was, but like less than a hundred years ago. (laughs) And what about all those thousands and thousands of years before that, when we just missed our moon cycle, you know, and then we just waited and then we started to feel nauseous and then our belly started to grow and it became real. And then we just popped one out. Like, you know, maybe we had a, a midwife or a healer, like feeling our belly for positioning and checking our cervix and all of that, but it's also not necessary. And we're capable of birthing. We're animals. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I guess, I mean, still within that, there would have been like death at birth. Like there still would have oh, been yeah. that. And like, that's always, like you said, with that, that passageway, like it is that meeting, um, that meeting place, right? Of birth and death, it is that like where they collide, right? Completely. <laughs> you know, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's that's always a possibility, right? Like that's always there, and that, yeah. I really a- applaud women who who yeah are like your friends that just they just don't want to know, you know? They just don't want they don't want anyone to check up on them. They don't want to take a test. Like that is so beautiful and we all need to know that we have the right to do that and that we are capable of that if we want it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And also, yeah, I mean, modern medicine does save lives and that's why I love midwifery. You know, it's like the midwifery model of care is like women centered and like the woman's health and the least amount of intervention possible. But yet if intervention is needed, I can save you and your baby's life with, you know, these drugs or this oxygen tank or whatever but yeah I mean our ancestors like birth I've been reading Outlander a lot recently which is like an example of um, a form of media that has become completely unhealthy for me because it's really intense um if anyone's ever read the books or watched the shows I've only I've watched the show I'm obsessed with the show yeah but I haven't read the more intense yeah, they're, they're super beautiful, amazing stories. But yeah, during my first trimester now, I've been in bed a lot. And so I've just been reading a lot of Outlander. Um, and I'm just like, yeah, I need to start <laughs> reading something else now because this is not healthy for me. But there's a lot of birth in the stories. And it was always a complete gamble of life or death. And babies died a lot. Mothers died a lot. And it just reminds me how amazing birthing people are, you know, like, wow, wow. We go through this portal and we don't get prepared enough for it in, in modern media, you know, and even like, maybe if you're just going to an OB at your doctor's office, like they're not going to prepare you probably for the intense spiritual and like psychological experience that birth is going to be, they're just going to tell you, and this is a complete generalization. There are amazing OBs and like hospital nurse midwives out there that will do the opposite of this, but like, you will probably be told, oh yeah, it's going to hurt really bad. And it's going to be really intense. And I can give you this medicine so that you don't feel it, but, oh, this medicine is actually going to stop your cervix from dilating. So I'm going to have to give you something else to make the contractions more intense. And it's going to be even more intense than it needs to be. Oh, and I might have to cut you open, but like 
you'll just be unconscious. So don't worry about it. But like, it's such an important spiritual and psychological process to be matured through. And yeah, that just needs, that needs to be more mainstream (laughs) for sure. Mm. Yeah, it's just, it's almost like, yeah, the opportunity is missed in a lot of ways because it is just, it Mm -hmm. can completely transform a woman's life or it could completely traumatize them or it could confuse them or leave them scarred in certain ways or, yeah, yeah, like I said, cause more trauma, which I know so many women carry for Mm -hmm. so much of their lives and a lot of it, you know, birth-related and, um, yeah, it's just... Yeah. I just feel like we don't have enough space for initiation in our modern world, whether it's like going through puberty or our menarch, you know, getting our first period or even wedding ceremonies and like union ceremonies and all these different really important parts of growing up. Like I think quinceañeras are are so beautiful because it's like, that's a tradition that has honored like basically menarche or puberty, you know, and is a type of initiation. But I mean, even like, I think about modern wedding ceremonies a lot and um, how just like, it's become such a show, you know, like, it can be such a show for other people and it is very stressful. It's not like spiritually fulfilling for the people who are coming into union with one another, you know? And we just, yeah, we really lack like proper initiations in life now. And birth is an initiation for every family member involved from like the grandparents to the parents to the child, you know? And it's just it's now become, it's drugged and it's numbed and it's a show and it's, you know, yeah, there's not like that proper space for integration and initiation that it really is. Yeah. And it's so interesting that, you know, as you were speaking, I was just thinking that they are parallel, right? In a sense of what you were saying, just the birth and and wedding ceremonies like they kind of do rest almost at that like surface level where there could be so much more to be experienced and felt um if you were to even drop into maybe what is the way that I want to go about this and we just kind of general you know in general society see a template of the way that things are done or the way we should do things. And then you just slot straight into that. And, you know, mm-hmm. that could also relate to the way that we engage in social media and everything. You mm-hmm. just you see the template of that space and you're like, oh, okay, cool. Like I'll just go about it that way then. And I'll just fit straight in, in that sense. And, and it's, I feel like we're coming to, I mean, yeah, I feel like I'm in a process of completely like, disintegrating so many of those things and you know just even taking that eagle eye that widest lens and looking at them from a different a different place and understanding you know like okay well I see this but actually this would work better for me and like this was what feels Mm -hmm. better and I just really yeah as you do just want to encourage people to look at things in a more multifaceted way right like to just understand like the other 
you know sides to the crystal or the <laughs> yeah just like see see other perspectives mm -hmm. and and be willing and 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 brave to to do things in a different way and to go about like like you were saying with business too to go about it in a different way like it, it really does bleed out into every aspect of our lives right like just yeah seeing seeing that way that actually feels resonant for you and that pace too that that, that feels resonant yeah mm -hmm. yep yeah <laughs> but it, it requires like more of that introspection right and um, it does yeah it requires a lot of that yeah and it changes at different points too and it, it yeah so it does yeah it requires that kind of that that intimacy with with oneself that I know so many of us are even afraid to go there and I still feel like a lot of fear around perhaps you know exploring deeper layers of things or at certain times more brave and then certain times just resting more on that you know everyday life sort of level or you know not going there just going through the motions especially if you're like working or you have you know mm -hmm. different things to kind of I can see why it's it's uh it's definitely easier to just cruise along, <laughs> but, but it gets harder over time when all of that compounds and yeah, you can't handle it anymore. And I'm, I'm in a place now where I'm like, of course, things continue to compound over time. I'm <laughs> nowhere, absolutely nowhere near perfect or like where my spiritual ideals of like being able to hand, handle my emotions would want for me to be but I'm, I'm a hell of a lot better at uh, working through my emotions or like crises, psychological crises than I was when I was like, even when I was like 25, you know, cause I'm now again, like the, the path of the Bodhisattva, it's like, I, that's really, that's really my spiritual practice and my path at this, at this point in my life where it's just like, I, I feel I have to, when I'm going through a crisis, come back to complete self-compassion and kindness towards myself and kindness towards others and compassion towards others. And I feel through feeling my own suffering, I feel the suffering of the world and therefore I can be gentle with myself. And I don't always have to have the answer or know what's next. But what I can do is just be gentle with myself in this moment, like as much as possible. I still might be wanting to scream or feeling immense anger or sadness in my body. But any little spark of like, come back to kindness and gentleness towards yourself, like, eases the moment and like it's just kind of like a fresh drink of water in a time when you really need it and I feel like simple sparks of awareness like that over time really help us not accumulate too much debris so like when the bigger emotional crises do happen we have the daily practice of just being like, yeah, when I looked in the mirror today, I didn't like what I saw, but I had an ounce of 
acceptance in there that like, I'm capable of that again in this moment when this person's mean to me, you know? And yeah, it's just a gentle, a gentle daily practice of loving ourselves and being able to love others and like accept each other's as imperfections too. Yeah, it's just so vital in these times because everything externally is most likely going to continue to get more crazy. So it is definitely, there's been just so much more um, opportunity to come into that place, you know, and almost like it can feel harder, but it's far more necessary really because otherwise you're really going to get bowled over by, by everything that's going on. And, and we're being, there is that, yeah, there's that opportunity there. And I feel on an energetic level, we are being asked to, to come back into that place. So there's kind of like a task there, if you're willing to. Mm -hmm. kind of mm -hmm. it. And uh, yeah, for me, it went through, I had to go through kind of the the freak out and the stress and you know looking into everything to kind of be able mm -hmm. to, to to see you know see how that actually was affecting everything and then and then step mm -hmm. back completely and and focus on the ways like you do um so naturally too that you can serve you know the the collective or to the, the you know even just the communities that that see what it is that you do and and to kind of let your life be be that offering too and and to kind of be fulfilled in in something that you're doing or creating that you know also has benefit to the community in these in these wild times and for me that's been so vital in, in also staying afloat and to you know keep that yeah it just keeps you inspired to not both to kind of both nurture yourself to it so you can be kind of an example or holding that sort of space but um, yeah, it just gives you that inspiration to to continue to to cultivate that good work that you're doing in the world because you know that now more than ever it's it's so vital to kind of um, yeah to kind of be that for people or to provide those those words or those um, like you with these beautiful offerings too and and these spaces where people can yeah have it have it maybe a a softer or more gentle or loving experience of the world and 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 kind of be that sanctuary so yeah I'm always inspired by by you and the way that you you are and and the way that you naturally inspire that without even having to kind of like teach about it you know like it's not even about telling telling people like it just is and it's like imbued with mm -hmm within what you what you do and what you share and thank you yeah. Chloe yeah <laughs> you, you see it because you are it yeah <laughs> yeah how do you feel like you were able to um cleanse away a lot of like the conspiracy stuff and like did you have to completely drop out of tuning into that stuff or do you feel like you have a better like how do you have a better relationship with it now um, yeah I had to completely I mean just stop looking into it and stop following it was mainly through Instagram I feel like my relationship with Instagram has been like so just changed so much since yes. 2020 and yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah I've just 
really been taking a big like it's so crazy because even when you you know I've been taking a big step back from it in a lot of ways and and you know just being more empowered in the way that I want to engage with that space and just really just catching myself to like really not not spending too much time there anymore and just going on there to you know maybe post what I need to or direct people to the app or you know share about what Mm -hmm. it is that I'm putting out there and then I've just been so much more if I do notice myself even within the day perhaps spending I've got like a timer like on 20 minutes or something that you can put in um, to the app so when that pops up I'm like okay cool or like even if I you know looking at things a bit longer than that I will or I notice myself going into that that scroll or that um, because it's very easy you know when there are positive aspects to that space too but on a general consensus I do feel that it's more taxing than it is inspiring Um, so I will just usually like to delete the app for the rest of the day and that that I find has been a really valuable thing to just even Mm -hmm. yeah remove the because it's it's kind of freaky and you know how much it's so embedded into your mental patterning you know to just go back in there and like your fingers just (laughs) tap right back on there and then it's like and all of a sudden you've scrolled through like you know Uh so many stories or posts and you literally haven't taken in any of it any of it no (laughs) you didn't you super scary it's really scary and that's what like I see and I'm inspired by you in so many ways because I know and feel that you've naturally in the last few years like been in that process too and I'd love to even like yeah hear from you in in your own you know experience of that because I know that quite a few years ago you were so much more active in those those channels and obviously you had the YouTube and you know all of the things that you were doing it was you were kind of like in that pace a lot more and I've seen and felt that you've really like completely yeah just unwound and and also I see you know which is similar to me like us both just if we are in those spaces but I'm talking about Instagram obviously like it is more directed on like our projects so you with moon and rock like just really pouring your your energy and intention into like the offerings through there or the the posts and the newsletters and you know sharing in that sort of format and for me too with Mojo Mecca just kind of yeah focusing more of my energy there and less about the radical self promotional side of things or the influencer or the you know models of the way and like it's interesting because it's when you look at when you look at the wider view of that too it's like what is that model you know of like I have to post a photo of myself like at least a few times a week you know at a different angle and and my feet has to look like this and (laughs) um yeah anyway I just want to feel like protected that's my that's my it's my experience. I, I was crying for attention when I was doing things like that. Like I was totally crying for attention because I wasn't giving it to myself enough. And um, yeah, yeah, it's, I resonate with all of what you just said. It's very, very interesting. And it's for me, it's been the gift of motherhood that has changed so much of that for me. Um, 
that I just in the last like three years, I don't have the bandwidth for any of it anymore. I don't, I actually just don't have the energy to give to caring about what I look like online um, or like literally caring at all what anyone looks like online. And it got to a point for me that um, I realized that I, I was, and I still, I get very triggered by things that I come across on social media, like both on YouTube and on Instagram. Those are like the only two platforms I've ever really used. I freaking love Tumblr and Pinterest because they're just like art, you know, like I just love art. <laughs> and that's I'm the like aspect. Tumblr, yeah. I've been a Tumblr girl since like. Oh, you're the Tumblr girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, me too. I've been on Tumblr since I was in like eighth grade, which was like, I don't know, like 20, whenever Tumblr first came out, I was like on top of it. And that was, I remember there was an unhealthy phase there at that point though, like with the Finspiration and that was totally bad stuff. And like, yeah, like the candy and the rave stuff and like the anorexic stuff. Yeah, that was bad. I was definitely tuning into some of that weird stuff in high school. Uh, you could not get away with that now. Like that was a completely different time, right? Like, oh yeah, it's totally regulated in different ways now. But um, yeah, and it's just like any social media platform. It's like what you follow. It's like in your life, like the relationships that you have are the content and energy you're getting exposed to and it's the same with social media and so just in the last few years I've just like I don't follow anything that isn't like either educational or artistic or like totally inspirational for me you know like I don't want to see influencer stuff I don't want to see your body unless you're like a workout guru like I have a dear friend who is like a total workout guru. And I love seeing her body on Instagram because she inspires me to be strong. And I'm just like, yes, Maddie, like you're so strong and I want to be strong so that I can be strong for my family and for myself, you know, so I can like lift stuff that I want to lift and not depend on a man to do it. But yeah, it's just like, I'm really triggered by all that stuff. And we all are. And I definitely have a degree of like emotional or like, like psychological sensitivity to those kinds of things, just like having been through eating disorders and like religious trauma and dogma and diet dogma and all of that. It's just, there's so much of that online. And now that I have a little being to like teach things, you know, I'm like, I don't, I want as little influence from the outside world to come through me into her as possible. I don't want her one day looking online and seeing that I was like, you know, self-absorbed in certain ways, crying out for attention when I should have been present with her, you know? So that's been such a blessing that I'm not sure I would have been able to see a different path for myself or like, I don't know, just respect myself more um if I if I wasn't in the place that I'm in now and um yeah I think like what you've created with the Mojo Mecca app is like so epic and so necessary that's everything that any of us could want and being able to connect online because it's like 
that's why I still use, I mean, I, I love Instagram in so many ways just to be able to connect with people and um, just like drop like certain <laughs> like spiritual messages. It's like, I'm just going to drop you with this really deep thing today with like a weird picture. And that makes me feel really good to like be able to do that. And, you know, you do the same thing. And that's like the app too is like so many beautiful humans sharing what they care about. And, um, but still at the same time, I can scroll through stories and even someone that I follow because they inspire me or they educate me is like, can post some conspiracy stuff. You know, it's just like one simple story can really trigger me. And I'm just like, I didn't want that in my day. And that's my own work, you know, to like move through a lot of that and not take a lot of that on. But you know, we've, we've always, humans have always dealt with it. Always. There's been community members and people talking about things and sharing things that we feel like we don't resonate with or can't handle. And, you know, it's definitely all over the news and always has been. And, um, but it's just like discernment is, is really important. And, um, yeah, we, we all, we all just need to like what we're getting exposed to every day. We either need to be educated on something we're excited about or inspired creatively in a way that like isn't ego-based you know but it's like beyond us is like it just art like what's a way I can express the feelings inside of me like oh there's beautiful poetry a beautiful way to take a picture of a bee you know cool <laughs> I love that kind of shit but um yeah yeah, the, the influencer stuff, I'm grateful, like, no shame, but like, at one point, I mean, there's a lot of shame, but saying it, I'm just like, I can't shame myself, because it's true, at one point, I like, wanted to be an Instagram influencer, you know, and I tried that on for like, a day, I was just like, ooh, this feels really gross, I'm gonna like, just post pictures of flowers, and then tend to my business, which is what I really care about, because it goes beyond me, um yeah <laughs> yeah I know I feel all of that completely and yeah I just as you were saying that too even within the discernment it's almost like like you were saying with listening um or going through the stories it's like you don't even have discernment because something could pop yeah, up hard to like you said mm -hmm. it's you can't even you think oh yeah I you know I follow this person and I'm inspired by them or a lot of it's just us being nosy, right? Like you want to see what people are up to. And <laughs> I mean, that's why yeah. YouTube is so big, you know, because people really care about other people's lives. And um, mm -hmm. I mean, that, I guess that too has always been a part of like the community and gossip. And, you know, there's always that aspect of we are community beings and we want to find out about each other and, you know, keep yeah, yeah. We're doing what. And, but it, it mm -hmm. really is so overwhelming, like, and, mm -hmm. and like you said, you really have no control over the next thing that could pop up that could completely shift where you're at on that day. And, and just the, the amount of like stress that has on your nervous system too. And, and the way that that could distract you so much from, from where your energy is best spent and, and it's mm -hmm. for us with projects and businesses that are like, have that kind of purposeful aspect. It's, I'm just feeling more and more, especially with having Mojo Maker app that my 
time and energy really needs to go there and like be be directed there and I still find even with that app that like the threads of addiction to Instagram are still there and you know I get caught sometimes in those like those spirals like we were saying and and you really just have to catch yourself and shift it and that's the only way through it and and give yourself those boundaries and delete it like anytime that you need just delete it like it's not you know like yeah and it's also like it's interesting because so much of our um like social time is done through those apps too and so that's how it kind of hooks you more like oh i'm i'm talking to someone in messages there i can't delete it today but it's also there is no haste in getting back to people all the time so quickly you know we just yeah, uh, wait a week it's fine exactly. <laughs> we're, we're kind of trained now to be on call all the time to be back and forth you know and to get mm-hmm. back to people really quickly and and to make sure that like yeah and and, and that that's just even something wild to kind of unwind too that you don't have to be on call for anyone. Mm-mm. No, not unless you're you're a midwife. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the most vital vital. Case. And I just want to say, I'm just thinking about like talking about this. That shout out to um, Michelle at Holisticism. There's this company. Do you know Holisticism? Yeah. Okay, it's you're gonna dig it probably. There's this girl named Michelle who has this company called holisticism and I have learned so much from her about conscious business and like conscious content creation like over the last year she has changed my like relationship with my business and and with social media and like or just content creation in general in so many ways and I just want to lay that out there for anyone that like is you know looking to do anything for their business and more of like a conscious um less dogmatic like less serious way that like what she shares and i've i've never i should probably pay for some of the things that she sells but she sells she can sell like really expensive courses you know but i'm just like i don't i can't i can't pay for that um but she has so much free content that has been freaking invaluable for me so like there's ways to do it you know mm-hmm. and you're doing it and I'm trying to do it and yeah you're um, doing it of course <laughs> doing it <laughs> yeah yeah for sure yeah that's like it's so much of just why I wanted to create my Jamaica too to kind of and it, and for me it served almost just even in the comparison of the energy that you feel between logging into Instagram or logging into Mojameka, you oh, can yeah, so really witness it, you know, side by side, you kind of get that, that comparison mm-hmm. there. And, oh, wow. Like, cause I, I almost like, I only really sign into Mojameka um, maybe once a day when I have the time and space to actually look mm-hmm engage read totally and then reply with you know something that just is a bit longer and you know more expressive and more how that made me feel what you shared you know not just beautiful you know that's fine at some points obviously if people have less time but um 
it just feels like a space to actually be heard and seen. Uh, yep. And you cannot scroll on there. Like it is so strange. You can't. Even if I like want to tap in or like engage with something quickly, it's almost like, no, just wait for the time and space and actually mm -hmm. go through everything that's on there and really receive it. And it's so cool that I'm now, yeah, stewarding this space and I have such huge visions for it too. And like you were saying too, with even the I guess the promotional or advertising side of things, it's been all organic thus far, but it's, yeah, I, I do feel that I need to probably engage with a few more, like, I don't know, systems around like, or ads or something like that. But oh. that world kind of stresses me out a little bit. And I'm thinking about outsourcing. Well, if you get someone to help you do it, then yeah. like, yeah, get someone to help you, whether do like a work trade you don't want to pay them or mm -hmm. just like, can you figure this out? Please figure this out for me and just make me an ad. <laughs> I do that with Evan, you know, I'm just like, figure it out because if you don't, I'll never get there. Yeah. It's so true. It's a, yeah. It's like, you can see the vision or see the, you know, the ways that it could expand, but the, the practicality of pulling it all together really stresses me. <laughs> um, me too. Like, yeah. And it just, cause it just doesn't come innately and, you know, down the track, if the app was to grow and be making really, you know, more consistent income, it would be really good to actually have someone to, as that role, you know, to kind of mm -hmm. handle that side of things so that I can just focus on, you know, the visionary side, the, you know, all of yeah. the side that's very resonant with me and the offering. What's your, what's your um, sun sign? Taurus. Taurus. Yeah. And I'm uh, Leo Moon and Taurus Rising. Mm. Yeah. Apparently, I, I have a lot of Gemini in my chart, though, too. Yeah. The twins. <laughs> I know. I'm like, and my Nana, my Nana's a twin. I'm like, am I going to have twins? <laughs> do you have a, do you have a birthday coming up? Yeah, May yeah i guess soon yeah two months two months from now you know what your human design is um yeah i interviewed someone a few months ago yeah i'm a um projector that's right yeah that's why like you were saying before it's so hard to ask for help sometimes yep mm -hmm. <laughs> oh like i just do everything by myself <laughs> like i get so stubborn to, with the Taurus aspect mix of the projector it's like to stubborn and unwilling to receive and yeah so that's something that I'm really wanting to rewrite this year yeah I just get a bit stuck in my ways I want to rewrite that's kind of that's kind of Taurus right can be like <laughs> pretty stubborn yeah or just like yeah it's just like yeah you you know what you know and that's what you're gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, I know that like I also just need need help in a lot of ways too. And I need to surrender to that. Oh my goodness. There's so many karmic cycles <laughs> weaving in and out of different phases of life. And it's yeah, it's such an illusion to think that we are gonna take a linear path like a calendar, you know, to get to a certain point of where we want to be. But 
that's not the way that life is. And like all the, all the ancient spiritual teachings that I've tapped into, that's been a really fundamental part of their sharings, you know, is that like, there are cycles and seasons of life beyond our understanding and beyond our control, whether it's, you know, lifetimes or, you know, just this immediate lifetime mm-hmm. where, yeah, we're not linear mm-hmm. ever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's so, it's comforting to kind of rest in that too. And mm-hmm. as it kind of relates to just generally, I mean, in the many systems that we've been talking about, like within the business systems and, you know, the, the templates for the many things, it does feel more like that. I mean, you could call it masculine or just more kind of, I don't know, structured in a particular way. But I have had this kind of realization even recently because a couple of days ago we did a, um, like a menstrual cycle workshop, a woman held it like through um, the Jamaica and it was, it was kind of, yeah, crystallizing for me too, just kind of um, the movement of things back to more of that feminine way. And we are all a part, like, you know, the two of us both feel that we are a part of that movement back into those sort of ways and like embodying um, just more of that cyclical view on life. And um, firstly, I think for menstruating people to kind of to connect back to, you know, that monthly rhythm. And then it, as I was seeing it, it, it does really ripple out into to so many other aspects of, of one's life, just seeing the cyclicality of things um, and just honoring yourself in, in those kind of ebbs and flows. I know it's probably mostly women who are listening to this too, so I'm sure it resonates. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it does it does feed so many, so many aspects. And and I guess for people also who have, you know, small businesses and are trying to go about, you know, creating things in the world, but feeling that that pressure around um, you know, the systems or models or um strategies or something that are like laid out there to kind of figure out their own um, cycle and what feels right and like honoring business in more feminine way too and it's it is like but you know it's quite new new work I guess or pioneering work like and it does Mm -hmm. require a bit of that like bravery to kind of do it in that way and perhaps less immediate growth but more longevity in yeah in the long haul yeah yeah Yeah. slow and steady over time yeah exactly and I think that's just the it's just the healthiest way to be too you know and even if we were to relate it to what we were saying about the social media too and I I think that like you want to be able to relate to those spaces too in a way that could serve you in a long term you know um and and to kind of develop like ways of engaging with those spaces that's you know, not going to create that spike and burnout that is going to kind of honor you and what, you know, what it is that you need or, you know, the way that you want to engage in those spaces for your business and, and kind of just finding a way that can be, can be more um, just not necessarily nourishing, but just um, not be too, (laughs) too intensely, you know, stimulating in either direction. Um, Mm -hmm. 
Well, yeah, we definitely need to focus a lot more on our immediate environments and immediate relationships, you know, not like not rush them too much, not force them too much, but just allow each other to be who we are, live our lives, like encourage one another, support one another, not complain, you know, too much, not talk bad about other people, but just like, yeah, honoring and supporting one another. And yeah, especially in these times, I think kindness is, is totally key. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I guess we could start to wrap up anyway. And do you want to just share, um, yeah, the ways that, that we can support Moon and Rock and uh, stay connected with your offerings and yeah collect them yeah. <laughs> yeah you can collect them on moonandrock.com and um i am not very i definitely post on our instagram a lot that's like the, the funnest place for me and also in a newsletter that i, I send out infrequently um whenever whenever I feel like it. And so you can sign up for a newsletter and um, connect with me on Instagram, but I'm not good with Instagram DMs, but I love email. It feels really um, personal for me. If you email me, I'll email you back. You know, I would love to talk that way, but the Instagram DMs get really lost for me. So um, you can email me and all of our contact info is on our website. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I, I do. I agree too. And I think you, yeah, you're a beautiful embodiment of like just that slowness to and more intentional and, and just to, yeah, to not be as accessible to, to actually like even just tell people like how you would like to be communicated with and reach you know which is <laughs> yeah a wild thing because yeah but I guess it is you know like please just contact me in this form and then you'll get a response you know um, totally thanks Chloe yeah that's that's so spot on I am actually pretty inaccessible for a lot of people in my life and it causes um, a lot of rifts in relationships and understandably so like I've learned a lot through that process of being like yeah, you've been trying to get in touch with me for a couple of weeks now and I haven't answered you and that's totally on me and you shouldn't take it personally, but I'm so sorry. But at the same time, like through that process, it's shown me so much of the relationships that are like the, the really grounded and fundamental ones in my life where it's like, yeah, we, we talk every six months and check in really deep and that feels so good you know whereas this, uh, this other relationship that needs to talk to me every single day and I just can't it's like that's not I don't know if that has much longevity to it you know yeah. and yeah we I feel like we do need to ask each other or just like it continually you know in different seasons of life inquire like how can I support you best how can we communicate best like, do you want to, if you feel like you just need to write me a letter every few months, let's do it. We could do snail mail with each other. If we feel like we just want to send voice messages once a week. And That's so true. Yeah. And I just, yeah. the, the friendships that I have that are that slow, 
and but and even that just that unspoken love and respect you know and the the natural ways that you'll feel inspired to connect with one another and not even have to kind of schedule it in or even talk about it you know just that that we need to come back you've got to just honor what works best for you and yeah I'm the same with certain friendships where perhaps it's there is more of the actually I don't even really have friendships like that anymore to be honest like they're slow (laughs) I feel like mine are too now actually yeah (laughs) pretty slow friendship yeah or like I actually have a friend recently who um like within the last year she got rid of her cell phone she does not even have a cell phone she has a landline in her home and her husband has a cell phone that I now text her on because our kids play together um twice a week like we do a a swap to watch each other's kids and to like coordinate that kind of stuff I don't want to call her house phone so I text her husband but like it works and she's like so happy without a phone (laughs) yeah that's amazing yeah I know cool sometimes I'm like in this catch 22 because you know obviously I've started like Mojo Mecca app and then it's like fuck like I actually have to spend more time on my phone you know but it it's yeah it's still just but fun. what you love you know you're consciously creating that experience in a really positive way yeah for a lot of people. exactly and just still even within that like having my own boundaries within that space like not being 100% accessible or completely like on it yeah time because that is the energy of Mojo Mecca like you don't there is no pressure there you know so if mm-hmm. I'm if I'm feeling pressure with that space then that's not in alignment with what I'm doing there anyway. So it is, you know, I've got to just like stay true to when I feel like I can give to that space. And when I don't, you know, as the kind of curator or creator behind it. And yeah, so it's always just a a dance of that. But yeah, I feel like I do really, I want to just take a retreat or something, you know, rent somewhere and and go for a week and just have some some solid nature time. So I've been very like, in the startup you know the last few months just kind of like with the growth of it and you know the daily stuff that needs to be done you know and and you are so much more online to do that so um yeah you should do that I know I really I will I will I just need to like book an airbnb or something and like go and read and write and hang out (laughs) yeah And just turn your phone off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, thank you so much for having this conversation. Um, yeah, thank it's you. really special to, to just flow. And um, yeah, there's so much more I'm sure that we could we could dive into, but I feel like it's been- We could talk forever. There can be a part three at some point. <laughs> I know, I know. And- and you're just entering into such a a deep journey again of <laughs> growth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm so yeah. excited to see both. And and yeah, like give my love to Evan too and to Bridget, oh. even I haven't met her. <laughs> um, she yeah. sounds amazing. She's super amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Where is she now, Evan? She's at home with Evan. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'd love to visit you guys at some point. That's in my vision. It's, it's going to happen. 
yeah <laughs> it's gonna happen yeah I know I yeah I hold that too I've never been to Hawaii but yeah I always really really felt to go there we'll see all right I'll let you get back to your family and um, all right thanks Chloe yeah, I love you take care of yourself I love you too and um yeah we'll be in touch sounds good right, bye beauty bye